Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. We're going to kill the Slayer. Singing my song now, are you? You should pay me royalties for that one. Or at least get your own tune. I'm not going to make the same mistakes you did. I've been doing my homework, reading books and stuff. What, evil for dummies? Look at you. All puffed up and mighty. Thinking you're the new big bad. It's, uh... Well, let's face it, it's adorable. You just can't stand the fact that I'm my own person now. There comes a time in every woman's life when she realizes she needs to take the next step. I've taken it. I've found the real me, and I like her. Well, hello. Hi. Jenny, we just talked last week, but we're here again. Just one week later. Here we are again. Wow. Uh, They said it couldn't be done, but here we are, breaking records, defying expectations, (laughs) and bringing forth onto the world our... Interview with Mercedes McNabb. Holy. Your interview with Mercedes McNabb. Yes. Collectively, spiritually, both of ours, but physically, uh, I was the only one in the room. Uh, It was pretty exciting. Um, Mercedes lives up in the Bay Area. And when I was there, it was actually several months ago, but we saved it because we wanted it to sort of like be in a place where Harmony was back. And we knew that Harmony was coming back. So we have sort of like bided our time. Our patrons got this early, but um, for you all, this will be the first time that you are hearing the full interview. She is such a delight, uh, as is it's probably a treasure. Right. And it's probably not surprising at this point, because I swear to you, every person we have sat down with from this entire show has been a delight. Uh, it's for real. But we love Harmony. Harmony has very, 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 very cool character growth, as we're seeing in this season. Uh, this interview will have spoilers in it. Uh, all You can just kind of go, it goes without saying that if we interview a cast member from the show and we put the full interview up here, it is going to have spoilers. We'll always warn you. Um, but when we talk to somebody, especially somebody as impactful as Mercedes McNabb on the series, we want to talk to them about everything we can. So um, if you have not watched the series, uh, you should hang tight so that you don't get spoiled on anything harm-related. Just come back and listen later. Yes. Also, hey, for those of you who live in the Bay Area, like Mercedes, (laughs) uh, we have a San Francisco live taping coming up on December 6th, and there are still some tickets available. You can go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and click events for information yes you should you should get on over there and snag your tickets the tickets that are left are in the like the balcony which i just feel Ooh. like i know I, I like i know that we like, haven't peop- done a taping in a place with a balcony yet. i know and people i think you know gravitate towards the orchestra to the bottom people want to be like as close as possible but personally i like i uh, like myself a balcony a nice bird's eye bat's eye yeah uh, you can finally top s- wolf's eye view <laughs> you can finally see what the tops of our heads look like you know hell yes mine is nice <laughs> 
<laughs> we're going to have some really fun special guests. Uh, we will be announcing them soon. But you know they're always great. And I want to say that uh, if you listen to my podcast about my so-called life, you know that one Joanna Robinson has already talked about the fact that not only will she be guesting on this episode, Fool for Love, with us, but she is probably going to be bleaching her hair. Oh my God. And has recently been Googling videos on how to properly smudge eyeliner. Well, who among us has it? Uh, so if you know what that means, you know what that means. You probably want to get tickets and come see the show. It's going to be so much fun. It's our first time in the Bay Area, first time in San Francisco as Buffering the Vampire Slayer. So come see us. Also, this past weekend was Angel's 20th anniversary. The premiere of Angel was 20 years ago last Saturday. Uh, and so we just wanted to say, if you haven't hopped on over to our socials, if you didn't see, we did a couple of really fun tributes to the show. Uh, one was a sort of little glimpse at the uh, glimpse or full bared chest, really, of David mm. Boreanaz as Angel, uh, especially through the series Buffy. And we also made a tribute to Cordelia Chase, of course. Uh, yes. Jenny recorded a beautiful song that takes us through the history of Cordelia. I put a video to it. It's very fun. And you can find both of those videos in full uh, on our Patreon page. They're uh, free. You don't have to be a patron. You can just go on over to patreon.com slash bufferingcast and you'll see both of those things. They're very fun. Uh, also, this Friday is National Coming Out Day. If you're coming out, hey, fucking congrats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, as you know, I do a lot of work with queer community, uh, and I want to just give a shout to the fact that it is National Coming Out Day. And if you or someone you know uh, has come out as trans or non-binary, perhaps you would like to share with them the resource that My Kid is Gay just released into the world. It is an e-care package for parents and loved ones of trans and non-binary young people. And I say young people, but that's actually not true. It's really a resource for anyone who loves uh, someone who is trans or non-binary and wants to work to better understand how gender operates in their own life. It's pretty fucking cool. And uh, it does not use the word fuck. I just do that here on the podcast. Uh, you can find it at mykidisgay.com. Also, the day after National Coming Out Day, October 12th, I will be down in Atlanta at Switchyards doing the first ever all-ages pride party in the South, in Atlanta. We're going to have music by B. Studwell. We're going to have slam poetry from Atlanta WordWorks Youth Poets. I'm going to be there hosting. It's free. It's open to everybody. It's a really special event, and I would love for you to come out and support it because it is our first time down in Atlanta, and I'm really excited to see all of your faces. Hell yeah. Oh, and you can find out all of the details at allagespride.com. Also, hey, um, I'm Jenny, as you may remember, <laughs> and I make music when I'm not doing this podcast. And I've, I've been putting out songs uh, the last few months. I've, I've put out a song a month for the last few months, and I have one coming out next Friday as well. Uh, so feel free to hop onto Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to music. You can find those jams. They are called Vampire Weeknight and Living Room and Dreaming on the Bus. And the one that's coming out next week is called Gravitron. Uh, and you should consider putting them in your ears if you like to put stuff in your ears. <gasps> I know Gravitron already. And it's... <laughs> okay. I'm not trying to show off. I just like, <sighs> I felt it in my bones. It's such a good one. Uh, oh, thanks. So yeah, go do those things. Uh, go go find us and support us and have a blast with us over on the internet and all the places. But for now, why don't you take a journey with me and Mercedes McNabb. And of course, yes. next week, we'll be back with the replacement 
Season 5, Episode 3, Two Xanders, No Waiting. Let's go into it, shall we, Jenny? Please. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and talking to us. Um, we've been doing this podcast for two years now, and people are just so excited to get the chance to hear from you and about your time on Buffy. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, of yeah. course. Thanks for being one of our most beloved, uh, let's see, Cordette turned vampires. Beloved? Really? Yeah. I feel like that's a mixed review. Yeah, really? We'll start there. <laughs> I feel like some people love her and some people hate her. Uh, well, we're or pretty can't much... stand would maybe be a little bit more accurate, but it's always hard not to take that personally. Do you get, do you get feedback? I mean, maybe not now, but during the run of the show, did you get feedback that was like, we hate Not so much, thankfully, because social media didn't really exist in yeah. the beginning. And then also I just, from I was still in high school when the show started. So I was smart enough to just stay. I had enough drama at school to deal with. I also <laughs> didn't need to hear it in a public right. forum. So I just kind of stayed away from all of that. But with social media now, you know, people post like a, a thing about like, what's your favorite character? Who's your least favorite character? And I'll kind of glance at it, see if my name comes up. <laughs> anyone's least favorite character being Harmony. Oh, no. I think she annoyed the crap out of people, really? which is kind of the point. Right. So, but in like a, I guess... Hopefully, slightly endearing way. Yeah. I mean, one of the questions I had was actually about that sort of like the, the villains that we love mm -hmm. uh, on the show. There are so many. And wondering if you had the experience from like directors or writers that asked you to go in that way once Harmony became a vampire or even before Harmony became a vampire, sort of making her lovable. Was that not an intention? I mean, it always is in, in as an actor in any character. You want people to identify with you on many different levels. Um, and then if you're the villain, you really do want to make a choice to get people to kind of side with you in some small way if yeah. you can. It makes it just more interesting to watch and more relatable. Otherwise, people will just absolutely hate your character. So if you have some things that are redeemable, it helps, I think, Right. Your character grow. Um, but I think some people just got really annoyed by Harmony. <laughs> we came fine. we came out pretty strong season one as major Cordelia fans. Mm -hmm. So we were immediately... Just kind of in the same vein, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think like the... the like the trope of the mean girl um, yeah. is I can see, of course, for a lot of reasons why um, people might not like that trope. But I think right. for us, we look at it as like, well, how do these women have power, though? Like, what are they using that's powerful right. for them? Um, well, it's also easier when you're older and you're out of maybe the high school dynamic where you're actually dealing with that. I mean, I guess you deal with it on a certain level, no matter where you go. Forever. But yeah, exactly. It never goes away. It just <laughs> kind of seems smaller or you can separate yourself out of it or make a choice to you don't have to be put in it every day all day right, right. <laughs> so um so that. you mentioned being 16 mm -hmm. when the show started so were you the youngest person mm -hmm. um, yeah. in the cast and you're yeah. the only person who was in the unaired pilot and made it all the way spoilers oh. to the end of angel yes the uh, longest running character so so tell us a little bit about the process like how did you come to the audition um you auditioned for the role of buffy mm -hmm. um so tell us about that how did it work oh God. I <laughs> what you remember i auditioned for buffy and it was almost i think it was 
it's a very similar scene from the scene in the movie. And I remember it kept saying, like, what's the sitch? What's the sitch? And I was like, I don't get it. Because <laughs> like, I, I was in high school. I'm like, we don't talk like this. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what the sitch is. It was like almost what Mean Girls with the fetch thing. It was like this word that was trying to catch. And yeah. it just wasn't. So anyway, um, <laughs> so I auditioned. I ended up meeting Joss um, auditioning it. And then as it goes in L.A., you just never hear a word ever again. Like, you did great. And then that's all. Yeah. So, um, and then I guess from the time that they were auditioning to the time they started the pilot, they just called and said, you know, there's a really minor role, but would she want to do it? So I said, hell yeah. And um, I think I only had like a couple lines. It was really insignificant. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it was just trying to find the, because Cordelia obviously is like the lead mean girl. So you don't just want to – they were written pretty similarly. They, yeah. they had the funny lines and the really snarky and rude and bitchy. So how do you kind of separate Harmony and Cordelia? So you're not like watching two of the same people because that's kind of boring. Yeah. So I can't remember if it was in the first – it was a scene at the computer when we're doing a project together. I don't know if that was – I thought that wasn't in the pilot. I think it was in the, one of the first Maybe episodes. Maybe the first episodes, yeah. And I, had a, I was able to have a moment of just total airheadedness. And I just rolled with it. And I think from that moment, the writers were like, oh, that's what we're going to do with her. Wow. Yeah, because I figured Cordelia can be the lead bitch, and then I'll be her total airhead lemming that <laughs> follows her around and does whatever she says, you know, and then that could also be funny. So I think that was like a, a moment for everybody, like, oh, cool, that's what we'll do with her. <laughs> yeah, and that that was like part of the question. And we we always put, you know, we, we told everybody that listens to us that we're doing this interview. And so they had a lot of questions. And one of them was that, like, how much input did you have in the role of Harmony? Um, and it sounds like right from the jump, some of what you were doing informed I think, the role. Yeah, I think it was just, they had written it. It was a moment that I found that didn't necessarily exist on the page of just taking a moment to like think through my thoughts and then it would take longer than an average person to figure that out, you know? <laughs> so it was that kind of beat of humor that was happening. And then I think that kind of inspired the writers to kind of head that direction. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm totally insane and they knew that was going to happen the whole time, but in my mind, I, I, I want to take a little credit for it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think your version checks out. Yeah. Um, so let's talk just a little bit and we'll go back to the beginning again, but um, in terms of how that shifted once Harmony came back as a vampire, like how much input did you have in that iteration of, of Harmony? I'll be honest, I had zero input in anything. Sometimes Joss would say, well, we're thinking of this, we're thinking of this, and da, 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 da. and then you just would never know. And you wouldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't really put my two cents in. I'm not going to try to tell Joss what to do. <laughs> I'm just like happy to be there. Right, um, right. So he would kind of just roll some brainstorms around you, but then most of that stuff would never even happen, and he'd come up with something entirely different. So I just kind of showed up, did my job, and left, <laughs> and was just grateful to be there. Yeah. And then the writing, obviously, I think just got so, so much more interesting once she became a vampire, because there's so many different things and avenues you could pursue. And then her relationship with James and all that stuff. Yeah. I like that really you said her, her relationship with James. I know. <laughs> like, mixing. <laughs> um, when she... So let's talk a little bit maybe about what you knew when you came to the show. Like, it, it sounds like you knew you were coming in for a part, but not how long, of course, that Yeah, I thought it was... Well, first of all, the pilot, you never know if it's going to make it. So sure. that was just a one-off deal. And then coming back... I guess the first episode, 
again, I was just contracted to do each episode. I wasn't hired as a regular. So when you're a regular, you know you have, you're going to be in X amount of episodes in a season. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're a recurring, it depends on your contract. So mine was never contracted to be anything more than just one episode at a time. Wow. Um, up until Angel. Um, All the way up until Angel. Mm-hmm. It was one at a time. Yeah. Wow. So I just never knew. So I would always just read, like, they'd say, are you busy? And I'd be like, well, let me read the script first <laughs> and then find out if I die and I'll let you know if I'm busy. <laughs> you and just never I did. just never die. <laughs> they just couldn't get rid of me. Um, so that's kind of how it worked. So I was always on the edge of my seat reading kind of the end of the script before the beginning. <laughs> just to skipping to my parts. Yeah, to see if this is the death. <laughs> um, and then be like, okay, whew, Save for another episode. So. Did, did you use um, anyone in, in media or real people to inspire Harmony on either side, either as a mortal or a vampire? Not really. It was, you know, I just, you watch enough. I think I just played her as I would have played her normally. She just had all these kind of uh, superpowers, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, but she was still inherently the same person. Yeah, and that's like an, that's an interesting shift to going from human to vampire. There's sort of like one of the the lures in the show is that so much of who you are as a person is still translates. Exists. Yeah, yeah, as a vampire, and um, something that Jenny, my co-host, and I were talking about is Harmony's vulnerability, mm-hmm. and that it almost seems like when Harmony becomes immortal and less vulnerable, like physically, mm-hmm. she the, became more vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she kind of lived in this romantic state of like she thought she was living in a movie. So she knows what vampires were. She knows that they're supposed to be this way, but she just can't really get there emotionally. So she doesn't know what she's doing. (laughs) And she has, and this is, again, you know, we're going all the way through here, but she has such an interesting arc. I think like one of the most interesting arcs out of all the characters because she's a vampire who doesn't have a soul, but like ultimately doesn't harm most, pe- pe- yeah. most people, yeah. right? And so I think that's just a really powerful thing. And I wonder if that does that play into sort of that understanding of that she saw herself in a movie, but like ultimately didn't really actually. Really want to be what that was, what that meant to be. Yeah. I mean, I think that it was like this idea and Harmony would just do whatever, per- whatever, whatever anyone was she was with, like Cordelia or James, she would just do take on kind of that person's ideology and kind of do whatever. So if James was on a killing rampage, she probably would have done that too. Thankfully, he wasn't at that time, (laughs) so she didn't have to do that. But, or Cordelia, be as mean as you can to people. Okay, I'll do that, you know? So it's like she just kind of followed the leader. Totally. Um, Totally. She kind of escaped the, like, killing spree, I guess. But (laughs) you never know. Well, and, and I think with Spike, with the character of Spike, we see her enter as somebody who is really following. Mm-hmm. But then there's a shift right. where, you know, she's a character who, like, uses her sexuality to get what she wants, um, but then sort of realizes that she can actually get what she right. wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder maybe to, like, expand that out a little bit, sort of your decisions uh, in, in the show and also just being a woman on the set playing a part like that, what that experience was like. I think, you know, during that time I was probably like 18 or 19. I don't think I knew or still know that women have these feminine wiles you can like use. Right. right. <laughs> That's just not <laughs> where I'm coming from <laughs> at all. Same. Um, so um, the whole, that whole thing is kind of foreign to me. So I don't know that I knew that I was kind of playing that, but yeah. I must have been because um, – doing what the writers had asked of me but um I don't I don't think in my mind that's where I was headed with that totally yeah um 
What, what was it like working with James? That is something that so many people on Twitter, please tell us what it was like to work with James. James was really great to work with. One of my favorite scenes of the whole show was working with him. Just because he's his theater background, he really does keep you in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, TV, you're doing it so many times that you kind of can phone it in sometimes. Yeah. So working with him, you really are totally in the moment. And it does give you those feelings of like, oh, this is why I actually got into acting, to have that kind of everything else in the world fades away. And we're right here being these people. Right. Um, so it was always great to work with him. And he takes it very seriously in a way that, I appreciate because a lot of times when you're on a show for a long time, people kind of just get lazy, mm-hmm. which he never did. So it was fun to work with him doing that. What is that favorite scene that you're talking um, about? When he like throws me against the wall in harsh light of day, right, you know, he's hurt, abusive, yeah. if you will, but it was just very um, real. It just felt, you know, totally genuine. This one tastes funny. Take me out to eat. He's perfectly fresh. I think I had a math class with him last year, and I didn't like him that much then either. Tom! I want to go to a party! No. Right here, baby. In front of Brian. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Maybe I would. After a party. (laughs) Their, I mean, their relationship is, is... really skirts a line because it is abusive, but also there's like a play element mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the comedic timing between, I mean, your comedic timing in general, but also the comedic timing between both of you is mm-hmm. fantastic. It's, Thank it's you. just so fun to watch. It was fun to do. And then, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, James is just fun to work with. Well, graduation day mm-hmm. is a, a pivotal point yeah. for you, and, and you didn't even know it at the time, nope. nor did we. Uh, right. But what was it like on set? Do you remember that day or those days, I should say, shooting that? Um, Mainly, that I just scene? remember staring at a stick with a <laughs> smiley face on it, and that was supposed to be the snake. And someone was waving it around like this. Oh my God. And that was supposed to be the horrible, horrific CGI snake that we were all running from our lives. So, just from. a regular sized person holding a tiny stick, like a like, yardstick? Like a yardstick with a piece of paper and a, I think, a sticky outy tongue kind of a thing on oh it. Oh my God. That was, yeah, the glamorous acting <laughs> days. <laughs> It was, yeah, I mean, that. what else could you really, right. what are they going to put up there that's going to be remotely scary? Nothing. Yeah. So they're just kind of like, you just need your eyeline, everyone to be looking at the same thing. That's all that really matters. <laughs> so I remember that. And then I remember, all, yeah, just not knowing really what was going to happen to Harmony after that. Obviously being hopeful. Yeah. That, um, you know, getting bitten by a vampire generally leads to being a vampire. <laughs> but you never know. Yeah. That could have been it. So, yeah. I'm never going to be able to watch Graduation Day the same again, knowing that there was a tiny smiley face stick mm-hmm. as the mayor. Yeah, that was amazing. the mayor. The scary, scary mayor. <laughs> so funny. And, our, and those hideous uniforms or the graduation, the gowns. The gowns. Yeah, all that. So were you, were you filming that scene before you graduated from high school or had you graduated at that I point? I think before. Yeah, I think that was like my first first gown I got to wear. Yeah, Yeah, I was familiar with that polyester after that. (laughs) Maybe before we go to another episode, um, since 
I'm now realizing like you're 16, you're 17, and you had been acting. A lot of people actually brought up your character uh, in the Adams Family mm -hmm. and Adams Family Values uh, as they they believe that that character just grew up to be right <laughs> to be harmony. Me typecast? No. <laughs> Never. But but what? When did you start acting, and how did you get into acting? Um, I started. Well, my first professional job was the first Adams Family when I was 11. And then I did the second one when I was 13, and those people, characters were not supposed to be the same person. Right. It actually worked against me getting the role. They didn't want to have me do it. I don't know why it, but then it kind of worked. So like they, they meet again, this horrible person just like <laughs> keeps following them. So it kind of worked in the story's favor. But yeah, it wasn't, there was no intention of that happening. And so those were my two like big first big jobs. Yeah. What a way to start. It's like... Well, I mean, yeah, you say that, but I, I was thinking, I was trying to think about it and I was like, I probably must have auditioned for what, six months before I actually got that job, right. you know? I mean, right. I don't remember because I was 11, but I, it wasn't, it definitely, was, I was not one of those like, oh, it was my first audition. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> like that was not the case yeah. <laughs> for me at all. I'm sure I like busted my ass for a good couple months. I could ask my mom, she'd remember, but because um, it was hard, you had to you had to be in SAG to get a job, but you couldn't get where you couldn't get a job unless you were in SAG. It was this weird catch twenty two. Right. So it was kind of hard to get in, but once you were in, obviously made it easier. So <laughs> what was your experience being that age and um, getting that role and then subsequent roles and sort of I, I imagine doing some of your education on sets mm -hmm. and things like that. What was that like? You know, I liked it because I didn't really have any know any different, but I, I did experience a lot of kind of backlash when I would go back to school. I don't know if it was because the characters were as they were or what, but it's just even like the people that I was really good friends with would get, and girls in junior high just are horrible. I have a daughter and I'm just like, can we just skip seventh and eighth grade? I don't wish that on anybody. Yeah. It's the worst. And that's when I started getting, you know, on, I was in movies and TV. So like, you know, nobody really liked that a lot. So it was kind of a hard... Thing to go back and forth in between these two worlds. I'm sure. I'm sure that like you know you want to feel like you're part of the actual school that you go to, yeah. and people are looking at you like, oh, you're special. Yeah, you're doing something. Oh, she different. thinks she's so cool now. It's like really, I don't. I promise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't actually feel cool at all. Yeah, Can you yeah, help me I out with braces that? and like no boobs, just like the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> <laughs> So um, you have a daughter now. Ooh. Has she seen your work on not any of those thing. films? Not a thing. Intentionally? Or? Well, a lot of it. I don't want her to watch like bullies. I don't want her to talk, you know, just yeah. even know that language exists. She'll get there when she gets there and avoid it as long as you can. And then, uh, or that's, you know, too graphic or gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing. I've shown her pictures of me as a vampire, which actually helped me when she was having nightmares. Really? So I'd be like, you know, she'd be like, oh, monsters or whatever. I'm like, no, they're not real. See, this is your own mom dressed up as a vampire. It's like, it's not even real. But so, that could have really gone one of two ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that kind of actually helped. Um, how, how old is she? How old is she? She'll be six daughter? soon. Okay. So I think there'll be a time. And then if I show her things from when I was little, say like the Girl Scout in Adam's family, which is pretty benign. Right. She doesn't understand that that's me. Like she doesn't doesn't translate. That makes sense. So because moms aren't a moms kids are, are always a mom. yeah yeah. You're always you can't been my mom. Be. I was never a kid yeah. or a teenager or anything. Right? <laughs> I'll never understand. But um, so she doesn't really get that. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a time for it. Yeah, I'm sure not. there'll be a Buffy viewing. Having talked to other actors from the show who have kids who are older, we've had those conversations of like, yes, they've watched and yeah. you know, we had to unpack stuff. Well, and... I talked to fans and they have. I think around eight is when. 
it seems to be like the youngest that you start watching, but they have to fast forward yeah. and get through a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, so maybe selective scenes I could. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. So let's go back to the show for a second. The epic fight scene between you and Xander, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) of course, Harmony and Xander, not you, uh, is on all of our minds. It's hilarious. And I would love to hear, I know everyone would love to hear a little bit about filming that scene, how it went, what it was like. Well, it was slightly ridiculous because they made Nick wear like um, shin guards because I kicked him in the shin at one point. So you had to wear shin guards, and I think it was very, you know, the stunt people were very interested in us not getting hurt. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get hurt. We're not even touching each other. Um, And then I didn't know at the time that they were filming it in slow motion, so it was funny, and we knew it was funny just because it was so ridiculous. But then when you watched it on the show, and it was slowed down and made to be super dramatic, 
then it got even funnier. Yeah. So that helped. Did, did they give you direction apart from like kick his shin? Was it ad? Oh, no. It was fully or? staged. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, full, everyone's got their job to do. So yeah. that every like little tiny slap was <laughs> planned out. It's is, choreographed. It's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, it looks completely natural. It looks like they said like, just, hey, can you just like <laughs> bat each other around I a think that's kind of what we ended up doing. <laughs> But, yeah, they had it semi-planned out because, like I said, he had shin guards on and something else. I can't remember what it was. Some protective gear. It makes it even funnier. I know. That that's to know happening. that it's happening under the clothes. Yeah, that, like, everyone's very concerned. Mm-hmm. Nick might get hurt. He might get an owie on his shin bone. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask a couple of questions that were listeners submitted. Okay. Um, uh, JJ from Twitter wanted to know what advice you would give to human harmony and what advice you would give to vampire harmony they might might be the same both of them just you know do your own thing (laughs) just try to find your own passion and go with that not just glom onto other people's all the time yeah that would be I think for both of them the show is so incredible I mean in so many ways but like the variety of um female characters and like this what they span is so powerful you mm-hmm. know that we get to see everybody from you know some like women who are like already know like I believe in myself to women who like go on that journey right uh, as we watch them on the show so yeah we all we all want Harmony to believe in herself more. yeah uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite uh, episode or scene um, from Buffy you mentioned the scene with James as one of your favorites Favorite do you have too. others that really stick out to you um, I think that Angel was the kind of episode dedicated to Harmony um, yes the harm's harm's way which no other character really had that either turned out I think it was just an episode that so all the other cast members could go to Hawaii or something <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else worked that week. I was the only. It was me and a bunch of other castmates that weren't on the show ever. So I'm like, where oh is everybody? God. This is so weird. Um, but I think <laughs> it was one of the only episodes solely dedicated to kind of a not a central character. Yeah. Um, so that was one of my favorite things, just because it was so flattering to be trusted. And given that opportunity, yeah. you know, um, and then it was just so fun to do it. But I think it was just a nice little like ego boost that they were trusting me to, hey, like, here, have a whole episode to yourself and see what happens. <laughs> it had to be like such an incredible experience to to be sort of somebody that was on the series through the whole run of both Buffy and Angel, but also not there all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. Was that like, did you find that like your relationships on set were different because you were coming in and out? I feel like it was a blessing and a curse. Like everyone all got so close because you're spending 14 hours a day to, to with each other. But then also spending all that time with people can also make people annoyed with one another. <laughs> right. So I could kind of come in, lighten the mood and yeah. then come out. But I never felt like I was like part of the gang kind yeah. of thing. So Angel being there consistently mm-hmm. I had that kind of bonding feeling more and all uh, both shows were filmed in Los Angeles so were you yeah. just living in Los Angeles for the bulk of that whole time yeah I was living so Buffy was filmed in Santa Monica this place called Bergamont Station which is a cool little lot in the middle of kind of a strange part of the city and I was living in Huntington Beach at the time so I'd have to drive when I first got my driver's license I was that was the only place I was allowed to drive on the freeway was <laughs> to work and back um and then we shot Angel at Paramount 
Which felt so official. Yeah, that's yeah, like that's like the lot the big in time. every movie. Yeah, so like that's it. You're you get your drive on at Paramount. You're like I have made it now. <laughs> so, and as somebody who was on the show from the very beginning, did you have a sense of it really getting to? I mean, of course, you can't get to cult status, I guess, until after the show right. is over. But did you do you have moments where you remember being like, oh wow, people are really watching the show and really care about these characters? I mean, like you said, I think all that kind of happened after the fact but yeah. for me especially for my character um obviously like the Scooby gang if you will I think that was a totally different experience but I think for Harmony she kind of took a while for everyone to like get into her totally. but I don't and also I kind of avoided watching the show like the plague at that age <laughs> just because I never wanted to watch myself mm-hmm. You know, so even now I can, now that it's been X amount of years, I can watch it. Have you? Have you watched the full yeah, series? Yeah, now, now I have, yes. But um, at the time, I didn't at right. all, so I had no idea. So I kind of just stayed away yeah. and closed my ears. Were you involved? I imagine you, you were, at least in the beginning, um, in doing, like, cons and things like that. Like, have you interacted with the fandom? Yeah, absolutely. How's that been? It's been great. And um, because the cast, we all, I mean, most shows you just kind of, end and you know you see maybe see the person once again in your lifetime or touch base here and there so this is a great way for everyone and the cast to kind of get to see each other and it's like a reunion all the time yeah um and then meeting the fans and i just am in awe that people there's such a strong base out there still still people will say that they were having a really tough time for whatever reason and the show is the one thing that got them through and in ways saved their lives which is like mind blowing to me, and such a, a an immense compliment. Um, so it's that escapism, but in a way that you can also relate to what's going on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Speaking of escapism, I'm going to take us on a hard angle turn. Oh boy. How do you feel about unicorns? Did you get to keep any from the set? <laughs> Oh, God. Um, no, I. the only thing I wanted to keep from the set was my vampire teeth, which subsequently got sold on eBay. Which what? I know. Which is, so, so if anyone's so- listening and has my teeth, please can I have them back? Because they only fit me. So I don't know what you're doing with them. But can I please have them back? Hey. I want to scare small children on Halloween. Come on. Um, this is the place where you might find I them. I know, this right? So I'm begging. Yeah. I implore anyone that knows where they are. Um, you I hear guess that, Because Fox, Fox uh, sold everything, including my teeth, which I think is weird. And they would, like, threaten you. Like, we are going around with papers, like, itemizing every prop, everything. That you cannot that take. That you can't anything. take. And I'm such a goody two-shoes. I was actually listening to them like an idiot. <laughs> Should have stolen so much. I was going to say we've gotten. Yeah. I know I should have. I'm just such. I'm such a nervous now. So I just didn't take anything. I have a picture of the unicorns on my desk. I'm sure, when I was a kid, I liked unicorns, and then now my daughter's five, so that's like all she thinks about. Right. And I did a movie where I rode a unicorn. What? So I showed her that picture, and she's like so mad at me. Were you <laughs> she's so mad? Were you riding a horse that? Like, were you riding an actual horse? I mean, sorry. Were you riding a real unicorn? Of course. (laughs) Of course. Yes, it was a magical, real unicorn. (laughs) This beautiful white one with a horn. And um, Hollywood. Yeah, I know. They can. That's what I told my daughter. I was like, well, if you really want to meet one, you have to write a movie. (laughs) And then they'll get you one. That's how it works. I'll just, but you got to work on writing your movie first. That's how it's Because she's like, why did you get one and I didn't? (laughs) Like, well, start writing, girl. God. 
Do you have um, behind, I mean, you're telling us some behind the scenes stuff, especially that you didn't keep, you didn't get to keep your own teeth, which I agree is weird. <laughs> um, but do you have behind the scenes moments, you know, things that were supposed to go one way and didn't or anything that stick out that were off camera? I remember, well, Angel again, but the camel in one of the scenes, just like urinating all over the floor mid scene, like splashing back on all of our legs. That was a delight. <laughs> did it, did you stop rolling or did you just power through? I think through? we tried to power through, but when you feel urine hitting your legs, you're like, I think I'm gonna gonna take a break. <laughs> you know, when we sat down today, I didn't think you I would hear you, you say the sentence when you feel, feel urine, urine hitting your legs. Hitting your legs, yeah. but here we are. Here we are. Um, take it right, keep it to the top, <laughs> top notch all the way over here. Uh, a few more fun uh, online questions. People were asking, and since you've seen the series, perhaps you have an opinion, if you are team um, Bangel or Spuffy. I hope I pronounced those couple names correctly. I know, I'm trying to like decipher what's Buffy and what? Angel or Buffy and Spike. I got it, Spike. I got it. Cool. Um, I mean, I'd have to say Buffy and Angel just because Spike's mine, right? That's exactly how I thought exactly. you would answer. I'm exactly. glad that in my mind. Yes, we are sympatico. Right. Um, Samantha from Facebook wrote in and said, I'd love to know what you think Harmony would be doing now in 2019, assuming that she is still alive, which I just feel like Well, she have is. you not read the comics, Samantha? Oh, do we know? Do, yeah. is the, do the comics still continue? Because I, Oh, I, yeah. yeah. Supposedly, last I heard, she outed vampires as living amongst us, right. and then she had a reality show... Yes, like, reality. No, reality bites. No. Yeah, something. It's gotta be right. Yeah. What else? What other name could you come up yeah. with? Um, <laughs> so that's happening. I feel like right now Harmony would be a, like the Bachelorette or something. Oh, with all wow. her suitors. That is great. And then that see, would just here you mean, go again. The next comic, you're yes, gonna be like, be I like, said that it. Was it. That was it. Um, but I feel like that's probably what she'd be doing her own season of The Bachelorette, and she would be the Jesus. queen bee picking through a bunch of guys. You have given us all something to think. Live for. <laughs> yes, to truly live for. <laughs> I try, I try. Please, if you're out there listening, give us that. Uh-huh. I know. I'm interested to see where the reboot goes because, yeah. I mean, if they go after the comic books, I might have a shot in hell of being on it. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Harmony could still, you could continue as the longest running. Yeah, I could just keep on going. So do you want to tell us anything about what you're doing now, what you're up to? I'm like semi-retired, I guess, which sounds weird saying it since it's the only like career I've identified with since I was young and like really young. Right. Um, But I'm right now raising my two kids to a younger son and an older daughter. So um, just kind of busy with that. Yeah. I feel like that's an amazing thing to take a break. Yeah. Take a breath. Yeah. (laughs) Raise kids. Seems important. It's like since I started so young, I feel like I'm kind of on the – typical glide bath of like I should be retired now right you're like the uh, it's like I worked the, long enough yeah. now I'm retired the inverse of like being a, a young mom and like get it you know you're like yeah I was an actor when I was so no tiny. now when I you know talked about you know just re-engaging or acting I'm like well you know originally it was the young mom and I'm like young mom that's so weird like it just doesn't feel right and right, now my right. husband's like I don't even think you're the young mom you're just the mom <laughs> Like, thanks a lot, honey. <laughs> Just mom, and then Just I'll soon be a grandma, and then that'll be it. So uh, there's probably some space for it. I wouldn't – I would definitely go back. I just want to, you know, wait till my kids are older. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, one last question too. Ooh. Was Blondie Bear written for you or did you, was that something that like... Oh, there was no improv. So you did not invent Blondie That Bear. I know that no one ever improvs. Joss was very particular about his works. Right. And also the, just the timing of the writing and everything. Like there wasn't a lot of room for that. Mm -hmm. And most TV there's not. Um, so Blondie Bear I had to say probably 90 times because Joss was there that day and he had a vision. <laughs> and I wasn't getting the vision apparently. <laughs> And, you know, he didn't want to give me a line reading. I was like, you could just give me a line reading. It's fine because I don't know how many more times I can say this differently. So somewhere there's footage of you just saying Blondie Bear. Over and over and over. I'm like, peek him in. And, uh, you know, like, like, okay, how do I say it differently now? <laughs> it's just that nuance. But he's so um, particular, and, and that's why he's so good at what he does because he knows how he, he wants it and he hears it. And so you just need to, like, be the vessel. Yeah. Right? So I did say Blondie Bear a, a numerous amount of times that day. <laughs> Plus I just got you to say it again exactly. at least three times. Right. So, so there gotcha. we are. Yay. <laughs> I thought you did a great job saying it. Well, thank you. It took times. me a while to get there, but I finally got it. <laughs> I cannot thank you enough for sitting down and Yeah, this has been fun. Thank us. you. It's just been a joy. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.